0: Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Welcome to the comeback edition of the CarePod with yours truly, Dr. Kipley Bell, sitting with you today to discuss what has been going on. My, my, my. So the weekend before Thanksgiving, my mother had a traumatic fall. She woke up in the middle of the night. Her bladder gave her a sense of urgency. She was rushing to the bathroom and slipped and fell. And I was in the living room as I looked down the hallway and witnessed the fall. It was awful. So much to unpack since that time. She had sustained a distal comminuted fracture of her femur above the knee replacement for those of my clinical friends in the audience. At 87 years old, this can be a severely challenging at the least uh, type of event and recovery. And by the grace of God, this woman is walking with her walker. She's taking physical therapy and occupational therapy daily and uh, doing quite well, has gone through uh, rehab, inpatient rehab with physical and occupational therapy, so much to unpack. So I wanted to kind of have a comeback episode because I took a pause for prioritizing family during this time. It's interesting when emergencies happen, you say, listen, I have to do what I can do and do what I can do reasonably and well. And so I wanted to kind of reflect on the guests that we've had to date and give you list of caregiver reflections as I have gone through this journey with my mother, who it's so interesting that this woman has pretty much crafted the trajectory of my life, oftentimes without not even realizing it, even now in her retirement and through her journey as my direct aging loved one has really managed to learn me some things, right? Teach me some new lessons and really cause me to look at myself and her in ways in which I might not have if if it hadn't been for this caregiver journey and most recently this emergency. Okay, so let's get into it. No order, okay? This is in no chronologic or direct order, just I took a pen to paper and I said, what are my caregiver reflections that I'd like to share in this pulse check care comeback scenario that is caregiving? So number one would be, I had this aha moment that as a caregiver, I have truly and profoundly realized what unconditional love is you know, we all say we love our parents. We love our loved ones. We're so thankful for this, for that. But I really had an aha moment through this caregiving journey. Like, wow, you know, I have fed her when I've been hungry. I've showered her when I need a shower. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I have really defined and redefined how I love. Respect and honor another human being. So, number one would be that caregiving warrants you to dig deep and to provide unconditional love to another human being. Number two would be to pack an emergency bag. Okay. When you, your aging loved one is getting older, and honestly, not even so much an age issue, but Packing a bag in your adult years as if you were preparing for childbirth, and that is across gender, okay? When she fell, even in all my clinical acumen, assessment, all of it, the communication with the emergency medical servicemen, the navigation with my own nuclear family, was really challenging to keep my thoughts together. So let alone trying to think about packing a bag. So pack an emergency bag. Uh, You can head to Impactful Caregiving Facebook page where I have a brief list of items to think of. But this can be a pair of contact lens cases, saline solution, an extra pair of glasses, toiletries, pen and paper, lists of medications for your loved one, medications, vitamins, supplements, things you take for yourself, slippers, a change of clothes, et cetera, et cetera. So as of literally from the time I came home, I repacked a bag. There is a bag in the car for emergency. I hope I never have to use it, but it is there and available so that, God forbid, I grab the bag and keep it moving, okay? Especially those aging loved ones that may be at risk for stroke or severe emergencies where time is tissue, you're not going to have time to mess around trying to pack a bag. So pack an emergency bag. Number three, I realized, and my question to you is, that I can be trusted with, human life. I am trusted with the gift of caring for others, both professionally and personally. As caregivers, we must ask ourselves, can I be trusted in this journey? And this goes back to defining roles as families, sitting down, taking your own pulse check to say, I can't handle the sight of blood. Or I can handle the sight of blood, but I can't handle the sight of blood in my own house. Or I really don't do well with the paperwork and accounting. So really assessing your needs list and what you can be trusted to handle, which leads to number four. You are your loved one's best advocate. There's a lot of data, a lot of narrative now that speaks to the future of healthcare being home, that our home environment is the best place for our aging loved ones to have optimal best outcomes. So now the real conversation begins, the how, the when, the who, the what, the why. But herein lies the central question. We're going back to patient-centered care and who best knows the patient beyond themselves is that one who's there caring for them day in and day out. So remembering that you are your loved one's best advocate and knowing how to ask the best questions to get the answers you need to uh, help them succeed. Number five, pay attention to the practice of medicine and ask questions. Pay attention to nonverbal cues of the clinician. Pay attention to non-medical and support staff. Everyone has a role in the healthcare team and can provide invaluable options and success for your person. I'll give you an example here. Recently, I took my mother to get blood work and... Typically, you know, they apply the tourniquet and they have you make a fist. And so I noticed that the lab technician, phlebotomist, put the vials, the tubes of blood that she needed to get my mom's blood in my mom's hand and had her grab those tubes and then gently removed each tube as she needed it to obtain her blood. And I thought it was very interesting. And I said, oh, I've never seen that done before. She said, yeah. She said, you know, this way they're able to make a true fist, their nails aren't in the way, their hand deformities, et cetera. So this can look like a tennis ball. This can look like a rolled towel, etc. So paying attention to the practice of medicine. Ooh, number six, I read a quote that said, the bravest question you can ask is for help. Boy." Being a helper really opened my eyes to my need. I'm not one to say, oh, no, I got this. I can do it all. I'm superwoman. But it was a matter of the people who provided help to say, I got you. I don't need a five-page explanation. What do you need? How can I help you? That show up and get it done. And so in this season of my life and during this challenging time with my mother, I found number six, the bravest question you can ask is for help, okay? But defining what this is, what is help for you and what can you surrender? This one was a biggie for me. You know, most people think, oh, she doesn't ask for help. You know, she wants to be superwoman. Maybe she's a control free, right? But it's not a matter of being prideful. It's a matter of what's appropriate. I had many thoughts over this time where I said, well, you know, it's not appropriate to ask for someone to come over and scrub my refrigerator out and organize the the food in the refrigerator, right? That seems abusive or imposing to friends. So understanding what help is for you and what you can surrender. This was, this was huge in this season. The bravest question you can ask for is help. Need CME credit? Are you a professional caregiver? Check out our courses with full accreditation provided by evergreen certification at impactfulcaregiving.com number 7 physical therapy is first line so we use a terminology first line in medicine what's the first line the gold standard you know test diagnostic imaging medication, pharmaceutical to use for XYZ. First line drug is physical therapy. I have seen the transformative power of physical and occupational therapy in my mother to have an 87 year old. Actually, she turned 87 while in rehab. Okay. Turned 87 little backstory. It's Thanksgiving. It was the weekend before house was cleaned, food was stocked. You know, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I had looked forward to packing up the turkey and, you know, taking the fam and us kind of looking out at a lake or a ski resort or something and doing Thanksgiving in a different way this year. And the emergency happened the Sunday before. So there went Thanksgiving. And then for the Christmas holiday, which we celebrate, my mother turned 87 December 8th. So we did the little birthday cake and I utilized something called Memento where friends can leave a short video message for the birthday. Managed to pull that off, thankfully. And the silver lining was that I was able to get her home before Christmas. Beautiful. You know, seeing intense physical and occupational therapy three to four hours daily at work from where my mother was post-op day one to present has been really a miracle. I mean, they were preparing me for her to be wheelchair dependent. Uh, I actually have two wheelchairs and a modified walker that uh, holds her up straight in the house. And this woman is utilizing a standard walker, getting up on her own. So really thankful for the PTOT folks. Number eight. So my mom's roommate, post-op, she goes to rehab. We meet sister, a sister. What's her name? I wish I could remember her name right now. But anyway, a nun who was spunky, 82 years old, still teaching kindergartners, and she said she fell with them playing dodgeball and broke her hip. Well, this woman had such a zest for life, but boy, did we laugh over her complaints over the inpatient rehab food. And so I think to myself for number eight, as much as we discuss the role of nutrition and health, the role of anti-inflammatory foods in health, the role of non processed non-GMO, organic, blah, 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 as much as we discuss this for health, we have still not fully integrated nutritional guidelines into the care plans of the patients we serve. So that's a call to action that our nutritionists uh, need to advocate for these facilities, hospital systems, and even outpatient uh, patients, you know, visitation to uh, modify the role of nutrition in positive health outcomes. Number nine, allow yourself grace. Woo! Allow yourself grace. Grace. I, I, I'm fortunate that I'm only now at 87 really digging into the meat of caregiving. This is, you know, bedside bathing. This is changing of undergarments. This is sights, sounds, smells, you know, all the feels, feelings, all the feels, all the extremes of emotion, the fatigue. So allowing yourself grace to say, you know what? I get to do this. I get to be by my aging loved one's side and I'm thankful. And realizing that really weighing it all, the power of that first bullet, that unconditional love uh, is the transformation, is the mirror between yourself and your loved one. But allowing yourself grace for the ups and the downs, for the failures, for the upsetness, for the irritability, all of that. Number 10, allowing yourself care. Self care is soul care. So we think about self care as facials and manis and petties and massages and food for the foodies and conversations amongst friends. But really, what feeds your soul? you know, really, is it a good book? Is it church? Is it meditation? Is it venting to a friend? Is it journaling? So really understanding that self-care is soul care. Number 11, I have coined a term, hashtag not LOL, not LOL. So I had many moments along this continuum where I have found this certain challenges to be not LOL. So one of which, the major one is that typically Department of Aging, your local county Department of Aging, your state level, has programming for your aging loved one, programs to rehabilitate the home, programs to add assistive devices into the home, ramps railings, you you name it. So when my mother had fallen and she was now in patient rehab, I, I knew that I had to make her bathroom handicap capable. Now, mind you, I had already done the gerry-proofing. I lecture on how to geriatric-proof your home. I had decluttered my mom's health three, four times over by this point. And she still had a shower. And it was one of my dreams to always give her one of these walk-in tub, bath, shower scenarios. And so I I look up this program and I find emergency, emergency rehab program, right? My mom qualifies for a $3,000 grant to rehabilitate her home uh, bathroom specifically. Now, mind you, she was pending discharge of the facility December 12th. Let's say I put the application in the second or so before her birthday. You know, all of the parameters were not feasible for emergent conditions, i.e. they wanted three separate estimates by three separate contractors. They didn't want the work to begin unless an assessor could come into the home and assess the damage for him or herself first, so forth and so on. Bank statements, IRS, you name it. So, mind you, I had to ask for an extension to keep my mother in the rehabilitation facility until the 16th of December to allow myself even that extra week of time to do the work. So, as the t- at the time of this episode, I have left $3,000 on the table. Because I had to begin the work. I had to get a contractor who would do the work, do it efficiently, expediently, and in a way that was easy and light, hence impactful caregiving, right? Should not be stressful. You know, when someone's in that degree of stress and emergency and you apply for an emergency grant, so very much a thorn on my side there that this was a hashtag and not lol moment still sits poorly with my soul that you know my only prayer in life has been let me be able let me have the resources let me have the strength let me have the sound mind let me have the health let me have the education to advocate for my mother right and so here we are now I, thankfully, I I had the resources, but now putting myself and my own nuclear family in arrears in my efforts to do so, which is the pain of the sandwich generation and really taking issue with a woman who is educated in her own right. right. My mother is a registered nurse, a certified midwife, You know, served her community for decades of her life, 40 plus years and could not obtain a simple grant to help her rehabilitate herself at home. So thankfully, her daughter is able, but for those elderly persons that don't have it, that have no one, that have a no advocate, this really pains me. So hashtag not LOL. Number 12, remind your loved one of their purpose. So, you know, I share with you, yes, my mom's educated in her own right. So when a, a person goes through this kind of trauma, it is hard for them to realize that their reason for still being alive, for them still having purpose on this earth. And, you know, when they have to, even as an older, in their older chapters of their older years, have to you know, look at themselves differently or adjust for ways in which they can't do the way they used to do, that can really affect the mental health of your aging loved one. So really finding ways to encourage and support and remind your aging loved one of their purpose. Number 13, encourage and support small businesses that create solutions. I had some joking over the holiday throughout all of this. You know, we all know the infamous story of Mary and Martha in the Bible and how Martha's running around. She's trying to get the tables set. She's trying to cook the turkey. She's trying to wrap the gifts. I mean, she's doing so much. And Mary, the more wiser, right? is sitting at the foot of jesus she is still and let me tell you martha gets a bad rap because if you're a martha like myself you know we desire to be still we desire to reset and understand where our thoughts are and our efforts and resources are to be able to help but oftentimes you know, really seeking again, the help that we need and being able to articulate what that is without imposing both. right? So encouraging and supporting small businesses that have offerings that can offload the burden is tremendous. For me, it's not the caregiving burden, it is the other stuff right? It's the the things I just mentioned, the rehabbing of the bathroom, the fussing with the county, the trying to prove the need, oh, and on and on and on. So products like Instacart, Nirvana, where I can go on my phone and grocery shop and shop for toiletries and shampoo and toilet paper and body lotion and have it at my doorstep to shave off two to three hours of grocery shopping and then bring it all in the house and preparing it and organizing it is it's tremendous 14 know thyself what is going to work and what is not going to work right knowing yourself when you know what works and what doesn't work for you specifically it makes life so much easier Fifteen, the A for effort. Give yourself an A for effort. Oftentimes, as caregivers, we don't say, you know what? This didn't turn out quite as I had planned it, but boy, I'm thankful I gave it a Girl Scout effort. So, A for effort. Sixteen, slap some gratitude on that attitude. Boy, have I had to check myself on this one. So, Oftentimes we complain, we focus on what we don't have, the lack of things, the the frustration in matters. And I heard something recently that when we begin to have those negative emotions come over us, combating that emotion with an attitude of thanksgiving really can be healthy. <laughs> it can really provide health and wealth to positive thinking and outlook. 17, laugh, sing, dance, shout, cry, whine, fuss, clean, wash, repeat, and don't forget to eat, okay? Laugh, sing, dance, shout, cry, whine, fuss, clean, wash, rinse, repeat, and don't forget to eat. 18 know your limits. Okay. And know the limits of that of your loved one. This is key uh, because I've pushed my mother because I know what she can do. I know when she's had enough. I know when she's tired, but I know when I can push her past that fatigue and unwillingness to do something. I also have learned to know my own limits. This is still something that I continue to learn. So you know what, if it means that I need to let her lie down for another hour so that I can refocus my energies on the needs of myself or my family, then so be it. If it means that I need to detach from the situation so that I don't displace my irritability or upsetness onto her, that's necessary. So knowing our limits, 19 apologize, apologize, apologize. I really was convicted when my oldest son said, you know, Mom, we all make mistakes. I was griping about something, fussing about something. And he said, you know, mom, we all make mistakes, you know? And it really gave me pause that, you know, just being apologetic to myself, that goes back to that allowing yourself grace and also being apologetic to those that love you and are trying the best that they can as well. 20, grieve. You know, I have grieved the loss of the woman that I have known my entire life in a different capacity, you know, and I've accepted who she is now. And that is a continual cycle of grief and acceptance, brief and acceptance. So allowing yourself to make that adjustment in a transition of accepting your loved one for who they are now. 21. Surround yourself with nice things, encouraging quotes, aesthetics, things that uplift your spirit. The future is home. So learn the tech Your aging loved one is not too old to learn how to text. They're not too old to learn how to navigate their remote health monitoring program. They're not too old to learn how to manage a digital scale or a blood pressure home machine. Or even for our tech savvy elders, you know, looking at their EKG on their iPhone or not iPhone on their uh, iWatch or you know one of one of these technologic devices. 23. Mindless activity is okay. Sometimes you need to data dump. You need just mindless gut laughter, useless activity. Have some fun. Let some steam out. Another one, another biggie that I'm learning because I, you know, especially as a clinician, I carry a tremendous amount of weight. And when I say weight, the matters of the heart, the physicality and conditions and disease of people. And when you're carrying that personally and professionally, you need an outlet. So mindless activity, fun is necessary. 24, the show must go on. So welcome to the Care Pod. Thank you for sitting with me today for the Care Comeback caregiver reflections episode. So yes, the show must go on. I have several businesses, huge opportunities to impact myself and the community that surrounds me and on a larger scale globally. And so I don't take that for granted. So when I have wanted to just let it all just be I have realized that it's now time to get up and get going uh, because I believe in this platform. I believe in impactful caregiving. Uh, I believe in our private Facebook community and the necessity of having these conversations. 25, remember your doctor is human. Your clinician is human. We bleed, we cry, we laugh we persevere, we have families. So if you feel frustrated by your healthcare clinician, ask how they're doing. You may be surprised at how that transcends and transforms the relationship between yourself and your clinician. 26, learn something new. Keep learning. Enough said there. No explanation for that one. 27 time management. Woo child. Can I get a woo child? I need time management organization because of, you know, the schedule of my mother. Now she has a schedule. So now having to re re reconstruct my schedule to accommodate the physical therapist that's showing up at two o'clock and the OT that shows up at one and which days of week are that. And how long does it take me to make sure she showered and ready and fed and medicated and supported in preparing for optimal physical therapy session so exercising time management and organization is paramount 28 take an assessment of your home take a needs assessment of your home the structure what needs to be replaced the and repaired The conversations amongst yourself and your aging loved one and their desires. uh, Give to charity. If you love your aging loved one, what's best for them is to let things go, not holding on to excess. And lastly, would be setting boundaries. Boundaries protect the love that we give, the love for ourselves the love that we give one another, the love in which we advocate for our aging loved ones, friends, and family. Establishing boundaries protects that love from threats. Threats of outside relationships interfering with your primary relationship of your spouse, your family, your children, protecting ear gates, eye gates. What we see, hear, and allow, the comments that we exchange amongst one another, all of these factors are important in establishing boundaries and protecting and informing our healthiest of relationships. So, so glad to be back. We have some great thought leaders coming up. i going to sit with some thought leaders around multi-generational living, planning, modifying our home environments. i going to do some soul care, talk about uh, how we integrate the power of prayer, meditation, and the like in our self-care regimens we're going to speak with some couples and how they navigate having the additional caregiving aspect to their relationships we are going to have some difficult conversations around the end of life chapter decision making so i look forward to our upcoming guests and i'm happy to be on the comeback care comeback episode all right. Talk soon. Join our private Facebook community, International Caregiver Exchange, and let's continue the conversation. Stay tuned. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.